church, let's stand up and let's worship Jesus this morning.
shining like the day, King of heaven comes. Well, welcome to our Christmas service. I am so glad to see you guys here this morning and all of your smiling, beautiful faces. This Sunday, we're doing family style, and so we have our kids with us here in the service, and and uh, it, it's uh, going to be a fun service. We're doing things a little bit differently, and, and so we're gonna we're gonna read some scripture. We're gonna sing some carols and some Christmas music, and uh, and then we've we've got communion. We're gonna take together as a church family, and we're gonna light some candles. and And we, I already see the kids with the battery powered ones. We give them battery powered ones for a reason. <laughs> We had to throw a chair away last year. I'm kidding. I just want to welcome you for visiting with us this morning. Uh, my name is Matt. My wife, Amber, and I are the pastors here, and I'd love to get to know you. Um, you know, the simplest way you can introduce yourself is you can text guest into our office line, and, and it comes, yeah, guest in to the office line, and, and you can just introduce yourself, and, and we'd just love to make new friends, so we'd love to get to know you as well. And uh, in fact, you guys can find your seats because we're already shifting gears into, into the message and uh, this morning, um, we are in wrapping up our series. We have this Charlie Brown Christmas series that we've been going through. And, and today is going to be the last installment of it as we're celebrating Christmas. And uh, we, we had this premise, this thing, this entire series is, is Charles Schultz, the guy who made it. There was the, the discussion amongst the executives as they were putting the Christmas special together over 50 years ago. And, and the, 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 the problem was, is, is well, uh, they wanted Linus to read from Scripture, and it would be controversial. They weren't sure if they should do it. And the end discussion and the end result was this, is if we don't do it, if we don't tell people what Christmas is about, then who will? And so for the last few weeks, we've been saying that if we don't tell people about who, what Christmas is about, then who will? Us as believers, we, we should be the ones who are telling people about what Christmas is about. And so... We're going to start this today off with a video from Charlie Brown. You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat. <laughs> I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? What's Christmas all about? That's all that Charlie Brown wanted to know. Does anybody know what Christmas is all about? Well, we know it's about Jesus. And that Jesus is, is the reason for the season. It's the reason that, that we celebrate all that we do. To fully understand the impact of who Jesus was and who he is, we have to look back at what the, what the prophets of the Old Testament said about this coming Savior, this Jesus. You know, there are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus. And when Jesus came, he fulfilled them all. The prophecies would point to a coming Messiah, a Savior who is going to save us all from our sins. And in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, we're going to spend some time there this morning. Prophet Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14 said, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son 
and shall call his name Emmanuel. God will give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and, 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 give, and bear a son. That's a sign. I might even say that's an impossible sign. They probably read that and thought that is literally impossible. That could not, could not happen. I've heard of God doing impossible things, but this seems over the top. But the next half of this verse, I might challenge you and say to them, might have sound impossible as well. And they're going to call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. An impossible sign for an impossible promise. Because up until this point, God wasn't in a place where he was accessible to everybody. God was out there. The people were down here. And there were priests that were mediators between mankind and God. The sacrifices, the the tradition, the, the, the things that they had to do to try to build that bridge of relationship. can't imagine what the people thought of the prophecy. It's but Emmanuel, God is with us. The idea of a God who is with us, it was paradigm shattering, earth moving concept. It was something that would change the world forever, forever. The promise of a God who is going to come down from heaven, be amongst his people, to set his people free from the chains of of sin and darkness. It was almost too much. Living on a hope, living on the hope of a coming Savior.
And the prophet Isaiah continued. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. It's funny, they're expecting a Savior, someone who is going to save them, a Messiah. But the Messiah wasn't going to show up as a, as a mighty warrior charging into battle. He shows up as a baby, so fragile. And, and you'd think if you wanted this baby to be somebody who was going to change the world, maybe this baby should be born to a prince or a, a, a king or a queen, someone of, of, of nobility or royalty, some place of influence. But he wasn't. He was, he was born to common people in a somewhat scandalous situation. Not even in a house, in an outbuilding, in a barn. Not even in a bed, but, but a feeding trough for the animals. It's the best they could do. It's the best they could put together. The one who's going to rescue God's people and set all things right and shine his light upon them, he came as a baby. You see, Jesus had to be born as a man, fully man, fully God, so that he could be the final mediator between God and man. This verse says he's a wonderful counselor. That's true, isn't it? When our own situations, with our own emotional or, or mental struggles from time to time, Jesus really is a wonderful counselor. In the situations where you need a mighty God to come through on your behalf, he is that mighty, mighty God. And he is an everlasting father, a perfect heavenly father. And finally, he's a prince of peace, a prince of peace. Everywhere I look, I see the world is in search of peace. They're looking for it, trying to find it. They're trying different things, trying to find the peace that just seems so elusive. In fact, looking into peace and seeing what the Prince of Peace is, I, there's a few things that peace is not. Peace is not stopping all strife. Sometimes we think if I can stop all of the strife around me, then I will live in peace. You know, more money doesn't bring peace. When your bills are more than your bank account, you think if I just have some more money, maybe that would bring peace into my life. You know, fame doesn't bring peace. If I could just get the blue check mark on Instagram, I would feel peaceful inside. It doesn't bring peace. You see, peace cannot be derived from the outside circumstances coming in. Here's the definition of peace. Peace is an undisturbed state of mind, a tranquility, a harmony, a calm, even in the midst of the storm. A life of peace is not a life without storms. A life of peace is when you have peace in the midst of your storm. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's no guarantee that you won't have storms in your life. In fact, the Bible promises the opposite. As a follower of Christ, you may have more storms in your life to contend with. 
See, a life of Jesus, not absent of storms, but having a solid rock to anchor yourself to in the midst of your storms. The Prince of Peace can bring peace from the inside out while the world is looking for peace from the outside in. As the world looks around, they try to change the external circumstances. And if you can get them lined up just right, I might have a moment of peace. The problem is the second you stop working on those circumstances, before you can even get the chance to sit down, something's out of alignment and your peace is gone. It's elusive. You just don't get it that way. You certainly can't keep it that way. But the peace of who Jesus is, the Prince of Peace, is a peace that comes on the inside. And as it works in you and through you, your peace comes, the peace comes out of you and affects those circumstances around you. The elusive peace of outside in doesn't work. But the Prince of Peace, Jesus, from the inside out, will always work. And today, today, we worship the Prince of Peace.
Isaiah continued and the prophecies continued to flow and there was another one in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed so Jesus is this prophesied Messiah this this savior Shouldn't he come in and be inflicting the wounds on the other guys? Like, shouldn't he be the one that's dominating and and just steamrolling the enemy? I mean, when I think of a savior, that's what I think of. I think of of the hero who who rides in on the the motorcycle or the horse or whatever they had. And, 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 you know, that's how I I want to picture a hero. But, But Jesus is a different kind of hero. He took a different path than what maybe you and I would have designed. And when the Bible says that God's ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God's ways are different than us. And for a good thing. And for a good reason. So how is Jesus going to save us? And here's how. Jesus, he paid the price for our sin. Every one of us was born a sinner. Sin is like this disease we were born with. And the symptoms manifest in different ways. Just like if you have a flu, you have different symptoms, maybe a, a runny nose or a fever or, or your head hurts or something, but it's that virus that's inside of you that's causing those symptoms. We all have that virus in us. The symptoms come out a little different between the different people. But we all have the sin in us. And that sin is what separates us from God. So Jesus was going to save us by paying the price for our sin. Our sin earned us a penalty, and Jesus paid that penalty. Jesus joined in our suffering, even though he lived a sinless life. Jesus bore the results of our sin. But because of Jesus, he gives us hope when we suffer. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This morning we're going to take communion together. And if you look in the pocket right in front of you or underneath the seat in front of you, there's a little communion pod. For the lunchable generation, they'll get this right away. 
But if you've never seen this, um, there, there's a clear transparent layer that opens up to expose the wafer, and then there's a foil layer that exposes the juice. So take a minute, get that thing opened up. You see, today we remember what Jesus did on the cross. It was his mission in life to make a way for us to be in right standing with God. Any, any like hero mission I can think of would have been short term. It would have been momentary. It just would have been this, this quick thing of coming in and steamrolling the enemy. See, but God had a, has a master plan. It was something that would last for eternity. Something that would bridge the gap between man and God always and forever. And Jesus was on that mission. You see, the wafer, it represents his body. His body that was broken for us. And the juice, it represents his blood. His blood that was spilled for us. He took the punishment of sin on the cross. And so together, let's remember what Jesus did. Let's eat together. And let's drink together. You can put the cup back where you found it. We'll clean it up later. The night that Jesus was born was a night to be remembered because it was the start of a new beginning. The rescue mission, it was beginning and it was going to bring salvation to all of mankind.
night that Jesus was born, the rescue mission was started. This is why we celebrate the birth of Christ like we do. See, Jesus was born, and then he lived a sinless life. And then he died for our sins. But the story doesn't end there. Because church, I got good news. He rose again. He rose from the grave, and he rose to bring us new life. And life that is abundant. In the book of John, chapter 8, verse 12. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. At at this time, the ushers are going to come and start lighting candles. They're going to light on the ends and then pass it in, and the kids can turn theirs on if they haven't turned them on already. And and, and you just got to help each other spread the, the light around. And on the way out, there's a container to drop the candles when we're done. You know, I I don't really like darkness that much. It can be unsettling. It, it, it It can cloak the intent of evil. But here's what I know about light. Light dispels darkness every single time. If you turn the light on to your room, the light comes on. Darkness does not fight back and quench the light. Light goes out into the crevices of its reach and squelches the darkness. Where there is light, darkness cannot exist. It is impossible. Light dispels darkness, but also gives direction. Because walking in the light tends to help you see where you are and where you're going. I also found that light offers discovery because things are so much easier to find when the lights are on. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said this about you. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that you may see so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You gotta let your light shine in the darkness.
I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Christmas is all about Jesus. You can blow your candle out before you burn yourself with wax. It's all about Jesus. We celebrate his birth, the greatest rescue mission of all time. You know, you might be here this morning, and for many of us, I know we're celebrating because we're believers in Jesus, and we've already dedicated our lives to him, and, and we're following him the best of our ability. But you might be here this morning, and maybe you've never made that decision. Or maybe you did years and years ago, and you've walked away. You know, on the birth of Jesus, it'd be a good day to dedicate your life into following him. Making a decision to follow Jesus isn't a finishing point, it's a starting point. It's making a turn in your direction. It's, it's charting into a new course and, and into a new path. You know, following Jesus is as simple as A, B, C. A is this, as you just admit. You admit that you're a sinner and that you've fallen short of God's standards. B is, is you believe. You believe that Jesus is God's son and accept God's gift for forgiveness from sin. And C is that you confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. In Romans chapter 10, it says, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's really as simple as A, B, C. So church, here's what we're going to do, is we're going to make an opportunity for those who want to place their faith in Jesus this morning. And we're going to stand and, and we're going we're gonna to pray with them in solidarity to help support them in the decision that they're going to make. And if you want to dedicate your life to Christ, today is the day and this is the time. You can pray with us. Just mean it from your heart. So church, will you pray after me? Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe you are the Son of God, and I confess you are Lord. Today, I choose to surrender my life. Today, I choose to follow you. 
Show me how to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those who made a decision to follow Jesus. If you made that decision, I want to know about it. I want to help you on your journey and this new path you're taking. You can text in the office, decide, and, and, and we'll give you some resources to kind of help you on the way. Or you can just grab me in the lobby afterwards. I'll be hanging out there as well. Don't forget, tonight is our Christmas social. It's going to be a lot of fun. Both services combined. We're going to have this big party out in the lobby. We've got a jazz band and music. Bring some friends. Bring some family. Bring whoever you want. It's just going to be an absolute riot. I can't wait to see you tonight. But will you stand? Will you join me? Let, let's sing one last song before we leave today.
Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful week.